Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to discuss everything speech, language, play development, homeschooling, and all the other stuff that falls in between there. Guess what, y'all? This is our 40th episode. The time has gone by so fast. I don't know where the time has gone, but here we are. In our first official year, we started last November, and now episode 40 is here, and it's always a pleasure being with you guys. Like, we are not out of the honeymoon stage yet. I have had a blast coming here every week and just hanging out with you guys. Also, if you have not done so, join our community. I can be found on Facebook at Sharina Williams, Licensed Speech and Language Pathologist, or you can find me on Instagram at Sharina WSLP or at I've got this kid underscore podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Sharina William one. Share the podcast with a friend. I want the message to continue to spread like wildfire. Let's get out there and help tool other parents up. Also rate the show. If you haven't done so already, please tell me how you're enjoying the show. Send in your questions. Just let's keep this a community thing. Let's keep in communication. And always, I always say there's no such thing as a silly question, just an unanswered question. So make sure to reach out and ask. I'm here to help. So we are continuing with the What Is It series. I didn't even say that fun this time, y'all. It should still be fun. Let's see what I can come up with for today. How about, mm, what is it? So far, we've covered what is a stuttering disorder, what is a speech sound disorder versus a speech sound delay, what is a voice disorder, what is apraxia, what is preschool language disorder. Today, we're going to cover dun, 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 what is a learning disability. So a learning disability is one or more process that impacts the ability to listen, which we know is understanding language or the auditory processing piece. That's our thinking skills or how information is interpreted in the brain or processed. Dyspraxia, that's like the speaking and the movement and coordination of speech. Dyslexia, that's a a pretty common term. That's the reading where there's difficulties decoding Word, putting the sounds together and reading those words on paper. Dysgraphia, that's difficulties with writing. There's also difficulties with spelling for some little ones. And we'll talk a little bit about why that is. This can also happen with our school-agers and also with some adults as well. I can't even say this one, y'all. Dyscalculia. (laughs) It's the difficulty with math, putting math together, putting numbers together, solving problems. And it's interesting with learning disabilities because when we think about the word disability, we often think about an impairment. We think about a handicap or something's wrong. There's always a negative connotation that comes along with that word disability. But if you really break the word down, Ability, that means that you can do something. Disability means that you might have some problems doing it or you need a map. Think about it. The information that we take in 
it goes to our brain. It's like a map. Our brain processes that information and it creates different maps for us to pull from that information, for us to retrieve that information, for us to interpret that information, for us to think about that information, for us to process that information. And so with a learning disability, in essence, all it's saying is we need another map. We need another way. And here's why. And don't be thinking like, oh, you're just being nice. I'm not just being nice. I'm being real. The reason why is because for most people who have some kind of learning disability, it has nothing to do with intellect. It has nothing to do with IQ. For so long, we have equated IQ and intellect and learning and and the ability to learn as one thing. They're not the same things. It's totally different. You can be above average, normal, normal to above average, and still have difficulties in one of these areas. And so it's not uncommon for sugars to be really great in one area and not so great in another area. And there might be a label that comes along with that. And the reason why there's a label that comes along with that is because it gives the professionals some kind of baseline knowledge, right? And that baseline knowledge tells us some things that we could expect or what it is or like how to treat it. Most importantly, what tools can we use to help treat it? But remember, world changers, every sugar is different. Every sugar is absolutely different. So you can have the same sugars in a group, a group of sugars with the same um, learning disability, but it can present much different in each sugar. Just the core of it is the same. The meaning of it is the same. So I don't want you guys thinking that, oh my gosh, this is like some terrible thing because it's not because a lot of us have difficulties in some areas over others. When it becomes a disability is when it is becoming more of a problem um, to overcome. It, It becomes more than, oh, I just need more study time or, oh, I need more this. It's more so of, I need somebody to come in and help tool me up in a different way because the way that I'm learning this information, the way that it's being presented, it's just not working for me. So here's the deal, y'all. This is what it does not include. Again, a learning disability has nothing to do with intellect. It has nothing to do with IQ. It has nothing to do with that at all. But for other sugars, we can't automatically assume that sugars who are blind have learning disabilities. Sometimes we think that If a sugar is blind, they may not have the same intellectual capacity as a sugar who's not. Not true. They're having difficulties with seeing or their inability to see has nothing to do with the thinking process. Same for sugars who have hearing loss. We can't automatically assume that sugars who have hearing loss also have a learning disability accompanied with that. It's not true. Sugars who have motor disabilities, and that's whether they're the big movements like walking or the small movements like writing and talking, we can't assume that they have a learning disability. Um, Sugars who have emotional disturbances. Now that can impact their learning, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a disorder that is associated with that. That just means their behavior can impact their learning, but it doesn't mean that there is some kind of disability with their actual learning process or with their thinking skills environment. Now, 
The environment can be a distraction. And when I talk about environment, that can be a lot of different things, right? It can be environmental toxins. It can be the home that you live in to where if it's maybe not the safest of places, yes, can that impact your ability to learn? Absolutely. But does that mean that you were born with a learning disability? No, it does not. It's not the same, y'all. It's totally not the same. Cultural. We can't assume that because the sugar is from a different cultural background or one that we're not familiar with, or there's different cultural norms, and there's even different cultural milestones. Like in different countries, what they expect their sugars to master is different than what we expect our sugars to master at different ages and at different stages in time. But just because they're culturally different does not mean that they have a learning disability. And finally, this is the biggest one economic disadvantage. We can't assume that because a sugar may not have had the same opportunity is directly correlated with a learning disorder or a learning disability. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. You know, it has more so to do with access than that does with their ability to think or do. And we can't make assumptions based on where a sugar has come from. So some signs of learning disorders or learning disabilities. The sugar might have a difficult time with expressing their ideas. And you might be that parent that's trying to get information out of them and it's hard for them to either express it or their vocabulary may be a little bit vague. They're using a lot of words like things or stuff. What'd you do today? Some things, okay? What are you gonna go get? Some stuff. Can you tell me what stuff? And then you get that pause because there might be some difficulty thinking about what it is they need to say in that moment to communicate with you their thoughts and their ideas. That's totally different from a, a sugar who doesn't like to talk a lot versus a sugar who has clear problems getting those ideas out. It's just taking them a little bit longer you might hear from their teacher as well that when they ask them to answer a question, they may not get a whole lot of information out of them. This might be the little sugar that tries not to raise their hand when in class because they just, maybe they know the information but don't always have the words to say to get the information out. They need another map. They need another roadmap, right? A sugar might have difficulties learning new vocabulary. This could be in class. This could be in books. This starts early, right? We talked about this in the milestone series that our little sugars should be gaining five to seven new words every week. And if sugar has always been a little bit behind in acquiring that new vocabulary and picking up new words, then it's definitely going to carry over. This is why we don't wait and see, y'all. This is why we pay attention early. And if it doesn't look right, feel right, smell right, we get on top of things and we go ahead and try to change the trajectory of things by being proactive. So if sugar is showing signs that they're not learning new vocabulary, then that can be a telltale sign. Or they're like, what's that word? What's that word? What's that word? Uh, and they can't think about the word or they're using another word that's not quite the same word. That can be a, a telltale sign. Understanding questions and following directions. You guys, by now, if you've been listening to any of my other episodes, following directions is a big deal. 
If sugar is having a hard time, and we can see this as early as 12 months, if sugar is not following really simple directions, and it doesn't necessarily get any better, and by three years old, they're really not following multi-step directions, unrelated multi-step directions, that can be a sign that they're having difficulties holding on to that information and carrying it out. If they're having a hard time understanding questions where you'll ask them a question and you're not getting a direct answer or they'll answer something completely unrelated to what you said, like the answer is nowhere close to what you asked about, that can be a sign. Or if you notice they deflect a lot, like maybe they'll give you a really vague answer, going back into that vague idea thing to where they'll give you a vague answer. And then after they give you that vague answer, then they start talking about something completely different. That's a sign. Remembering numbers in order, like telephone numbers, if there's difficulties. Now, I know with the technology age, we don't remember numbers as often as, you know, maybe the 80s babies or the 70s babies and maybe even some of the early 90s babies. Like remembering numbers is just not a thing anymore, but we do need to remember our address. We do need to remember our zip code. We do need to remember numbers that are directly associated with things that we do every single day. We need to remember our passwords. We need to remember codes, especially now where doors are coded and you like have to push in a code to get in and get out. Like if sugar is having a hard time remembering numbers in the right order, then that might be a sign. In math, if sugar is having a hard time remembering those numbers, mixing them up, that can be a sign. Recalling story details is another sign, maybe like the story plot. Or maybe they're mixing up details that are minor details with details that are main details, like the major details, the stuff that matters the most, and maybe they're missing it, right? Or if the teacher is like asking them specific information about the story, they may not be able to answer that information or the answer might be unrelated to the story. Sugar might also show difficulties understanding what they're reading. They might read a paragraph and then you'll ask baby like, hey, what did you just read about? And maybe the information is not directly related. Or if they read aloud, maybe they can't tell you a lot of detail about the story. Um, maybe they're showing some struggle through that story. That's another telltale sign. Learning words to songs and rhymes. This is another one that shows up pretty early if Sugar is not singing along a lot or they're not learning those nursery rhymes or they're not moving along with it or the music that's happening in the car or in the home. That's another sign that Sugar may be having some difficulties with that information. And if you guys are noticing by now, there's a little bit of trend that comes along with that is the information that's coming in it's being interpreted either, it's either being misinterpreted or it's being processed in a way to where the information just isn't being synthesized in a way to where they can come back and give a response that makes sense or that is appropriate for what's being sought after. And again, this is stuff that we pick up on when they're pretty young, right? So when we get to a lot of this stuff, these are things that are happening 
with the school age population because maybe it was missed a little bit earlier. So this is, again, why when they're young, we don't wait and see if something doesn't look right, feel right, smell right. Another thing that we might see is difficulties learning alphabet and numbers. Now, this is happening during those preschool years. If sugar cannot pick up on the alphabet, if sugar is not picking up on the numbers or they're constantly mixing them up or they're not retaining it, that can be a sign. Matching sounds to letters is another sign. If they can't match those sounds to letters, it really makes it hard to learn how to read because if you don't know that A says A or A, then it's going to be hard to put other sounds with it and determine what sound it makes and how to put those sounds together. And this can carry over into the writing because then the letter of like mixing up letters and words and putting words and sounds together on paper can be hard for them. Now, remember the stuff that we say, that's our expressive language. Expressive language is also in writing. It's taking words that would normally come out of our mouth and it becomes the words that we put onto paper. And so sugar can have difficulties doing that as well. Spelling is another sign that sugar is having learning difficulties. No matter how hard they try to put those words together, they cannot put those sounds into words or they mix up the letters or they have a difficult time learning sound families and different phonemes and how to put that stuff together, or again, the vowel sounds or the clusters, like the blends, like the blows and the CHs and the TRs, things like that, those can definitely have an impact on their ability to learn, especially as the reading becomes more complex and with words that have multiple syllables. And finally, telling time is another sign because again, it goes into numbers and being able to interpret numbers and turn that into something else, the hour hand versus the minute hand versus skip counting by the, the one through the 12 when you're using the long hand versus when you're using the short hand to tell the hour. Like if sugars cannot mentally organize that stuff, it can be a hard time for them telling time. So these are all signs. And I know that's a lot of information but it shows up in a lot of different ways for our sugars. And so it's up to us to understand this information, how it can impact them and how it can show up. And why? Because we can find ourselves as parents really frustrated, especially if we get like a tutor and the tutor is helping them to learn this information, but it's not necessarily sticking the way that we believe it's supposed to stick. And it might be, again, going back into they need a map because remember, tutors are there to help with content that's taught in class and to help them reinforce in different ways. They don't necessarily always provide a map to help them learn the information in a different way that's effective for them. And again, there can be an underlying diagnosis going on or disability going on that we don't know about. And so it's important for us to recognize this stuff early on and get proactive about it. So what can you do if you notice this stuff is going on before you go to a speech pathologist, if you're in that in-between time and you're just like, hey, I wanna see if I can do something right now to be proactive. You can give new information in smaller chunks. Instead of giving them a bunch of directions, instead of giving a lot of new information, 
Give it in smaller amounts. And this leads to the second thing that you can do. Once you give that information, ask sugar to repeat it to you to make sure that they got it and that they have it mentally organized. So instead of telling them, pick up your clothes off the floor, get the toys off the floor, put them in the toy box, and then come downstairs and eat dinner, start off maybe with pick up the toys off the floor, put them in the toy box. Can you tell me what you need to do? What are you supposed to do in this moment? And then they'll tell you what they're supposed to do. And if they lost it, then you can like reinforce it instead of coming back 10 minutes later and the task is still not done, right? And so another thing that you can do once you do get into that place, because a lot of times giving information in smaller chunks definitely helps as a start. It's definitely a catalyst. It's not the end all be all like you still need to get outside support if this is happening in your home. Celebrate the small victories. It's important to really celebrate the small victories, especially if this has been a problem within the home, because a lot of times our sugars may not say it, but the way that we react to them, especially if we're frustrated with them or we're telling them or sending the message like, oh, you're a lazy learner or, oh, you're not trying or, oh, I know you have potential, but you're not or this or that. They may subliminally feel like they're incapable of learning, especially if they see their same peers around them who are thriving and who are understanding the same information. Like nobody has to say it, but they can be thinking it. And so we just want to make sure that if they are showing any progress, anything that they're doing right in an area that we know is a struggle for them, man, give them a high five, give them a hug, celebrate with them, let them know that they did a good job. Let them know that, you know, I know that this is a hard area for you, but man, I seen you were really trying. Good job. What worked and and talk to them about it. What really worked in that moment for you to be able to do that? So you as the world changer, and this is how we change their world, right? What do we need to do? What worked for you so we can keep doing that? Because now they're going to open up and be able to say, hey, look, you know what? This is what worked for me. Can we keep doing it that way? And that way, once you guys start collaborating together, then you guys can start figuring out what works and what to do to move forward because they really need new strategies. There's nothing wrong, again, with their intellectual abilities. They just need a new strategy to help them along with the learning. So this is where it's really important to learn how your sugar learns. Do they need visuals? Are they hands-on? Do they, again, need the smaller chunks of information? Do they need the smaller chunks of information in addition to visuals and hands-on learning? Do they need a combination? What is it that they need in order to thrive? And that's where we come in and we can really support them with that because that's our job to figure out what they need, create the map and get them on their way because our sugars are amazing people with amazing potential and we can tap into that. And so we shouldn't let a small thing. And I mean, this is a really small thing in the grand scheme of things. Stop them from feeling like they can't when they really can, and we can help them along the way. And this is where your speech and language pathologist comes in. We can truly help with this because we can assess them and learn how your sugar listens, how your sugar speaks, how your sugar writes, how your sugar talks, the areas that they do really well, the areas that they need a little bit more supported, the areas that 
you know, they just need a little bit of a tweak in order to get to where they need to go. We can help figure out the specific areas within each category that I gave you guys to really give you a map. We'll also look at speech and language skills. We'll also look at thinking skills. This also includes planning and how you organize information and how sugars pay attention to different details. And if they're you know, missing details or maybe they're missing the main idea or whatever it is, we can help with that. Once we figure out areas of strengths and weaknesses, then we create a report, we talk it over with you, and then we put that plan into action. But it can only happen if we're recognizing that these things are going on and not telling our sugars that they aren't and telling them what they can't do when in a lot of times, like a lot of times for these sugars, these are our kids who are our splinter kids. And the reason why they're splinter kids is because, have you ever had splinter before? If you've ever had one or seen somebody with one, it is the most painful thing in the world because you know it's there and you can touch it and you know something is wrong, but you can't quite get it out, right? <laughs> it takes it takes some surgery almost to get it out. What I mean by the splinter piece and how that connects with them is that a lot of times these things are underlying and we know that they're there because they're usually in a lot of cases either normal or above average learners. And so they usually have like this one area that spills over into all these other areas of learning. And we interpret that as, oh, you're Jess or, oh, you don't like it. And in a lot of cases, because kids don't know what they do and don't like, they'll say something to the effect of, I don't like this subject. When in reality, it's not that they don't like the subject. They just haven't figured out how to master the subject or they've attacked it so many different ways to the best of their ability that it just has never gone quite right. And so it turns into, I don't like it. I straight out don't like it. And so we want to be careful what we allow them to like and not like and what we become complicit with, because it can really be something as simple as, oh, you just need a little bit of help in that area. You need a strategy to really get you through that area in order for you to be successful. Let me get tooled up so I can help tool you up and then we can get you to where you need to go. Because you got to think about it. For most sugars in this world, they're going to need reading. They're going to need writing. No matter what field you go into, you're going to need those things in order to thrive. Like there's going to be some component of those things. Math is never going anywhere. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with it, right? I mean, calculators are a friend, but we still need to have like some kind of ability to be able to carry out this stuff to a certain degree. And I'm not saying that they need to go get a degree in the area that is really hard for them, but I'm saying that this could be an unnecessary roadblock if we can get them the tools that they need. All right, world changers. So this is my thing. Do not wait and see, because again, we can track this stuff really, really early. If you're unsure of what that looks like, please, if your sugar is little, Go look and listen to the Milestone series because that'll tell you everything that you need to know before sugar gets to school and we're having to undo so much that has been reinforced. But it doesn't even matter if sugar is in school because we can still undo it in a lot of cases there. So please, world changer, don't wait and see. Don't wait and see if it can be undone. Don't wait and see if they'll grow out of it. Go and do. 
Okay. That's what I want you guys to do. Go and do. If it doesn't look right, feel right, smell right. World changers, I know we could totally do this. I'm rooting for you guys. Let's keep this party going. It's always, it's a pleasure hanging out with you guys. Today's episode, I'm all done. It wraps it up. I've given everything that I need to give as far as it pertains to learning disabilities. And as always, I had a pleasure doing it. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out, whether it's about this episode or past episodes, please do so. Or suggestions for upcoming episodes. I can be found at questions at I've got this You can also post your questions on my social media page or private message me. Finally, my blog is another great tool I provide. It's a fun way for me to bring topics and perspective to the table. Remember, world changers, we're better together. So until the next time, y'all, take care.